Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode on the Underachievers Sports Podcast. Today on the slate, we have Tampa Bay Rays talk to lead off the show, and then we will get into the game tonight with Orlando City SC facing Sporting Kansas City. But first, Let's get into your Tampa Bay Rays. Another big win on the road. Ever since I started this podcast, it seems like they just can't lose. They would win with a final of 7-5. to five. They came into this game with a 70-50 and 50 record. 40, excuse me, 39-22 and 22 away split. The Padres are coming to this game with a 55 and 63 record, a 28 and 32 home split, and your Rays cannot lose on this road trip, winning by a final of seven to five, giving up more runs than they usually do, on at least so far on this road trip. It's been a very, very good pitching expo by the Rays, but the starter, Brandon McKay excuse me, Brendan McKay, would run into some trouble. But once again, the bullpen was phenomenal. So let's go over a little inning by inning, and we will see how your Rays were able to get this win. The only action in the top of the first inning for your Rays would be an Austin Meadows homer to right field. You know, it's just... This this entire lineup all season has been so dangerous. You just don't know where it's going to come from at any time. And obviously with Sogard hitting the way he's been hitting, with uh, leading the majors right now in uh, uh, consecutive games on base, I think he's up to 25 now. It's just to see Austin Meadows hit that homer in the first, It's it's great to see. Just all across the board, them doing what they're doing. But that would be the lone run in the top of the first inning. We would move to the bottom of the first, and Brendan McKay, the prospect out of Louisville, would run into some serious trouble. Hosmer doubled to right, which scored Will Myers, the former Rays player, and would send Hunter Renfro to third base. Then Urias would double to deep right, scoring Manuel Margot, Hunter Renfro, and Eric Hosmer. So big inning out of the Padres. Obviously, as you know, the Rays are were 4-0 going into this game on their 6-game road trip. So things were not looking good. Things were looking bad after the end of the first down 4-1. However, the Rays would strike back in the top of the second with an Willie Ademis single to center field, which would score G-Man Choi, making it a 4-2 ball game. And in the top of the fifth, Austin Meadows once again putting in work for the Rays would single to right field, scoring Guillermo, Guillermo excuse me, Heredia, sending Austin Meadows to second base. That would cut into the lead, making it a one-run game. 4-3 Padres going to the top of the sixth, where your Rays would strike again. 
However, it was a really ugly play. They should not have scored. Kevin Kiermeyer would ground into a fielder's choice to the catcher. Uh, Willie Ademis went home on the play. It was just a weak ground ball to the pitcher. The pitcher had all day to throw and chucked it well past the catcher. I think he, he missed him way to his right, the catcher's left. So the the right-hander's box, basically. And overthrew him severely from that distance. <laughs> Just pretty funny if you think about it, because the guy's pitching the whole game. So it's like he's making that throw. He's already made that throw like 50 times in the game. And to to throw the ball as poorly as he did, but it was that was pretty funny. Uh, anyway, that terrible error by the pitcher, Stammen, would make it a tie ball game, 4-4, four to four, going into the top of the seventh inning. G-Man Joy homers to right field, a two-run shot, scoring third baseman Matt Duffy, giving your Rays a 6-4 lead, and that is not the only damage they would do in the inning. Eric Sogard, continuing his hitting streak, would double. Uh, Willie Ademis would score, and Sogard would be safe after another error by the Padres. Uh, There's an error on the first baseman, Hosmer. That would give us a 7-4 lead going into the bottom of the eighth inning where Urias, once, once again, doing damage to the Rays. He would reach on an infield single to third. Once again, scoring Manuel Margot. Margot. Margot and Urias had quite the night for the Padres, definitely showing up in the score sheet plenty. But that would be it for the Padres. They would not do anything in the ninth inning as the Rays would bring on Pagan for the save. He did a mighty fine job. Let's go over the Rays lineup and how... Our coach, Kevin Cash, had it set up last night. He had Guillermo Heredia leading it off. He had Austin Meadows batting second and left. Matt Duffy batted third and also played third. Azevedo Garcia would bat fourth and right field. G-Man Choi would bat fifth at first base. Willie Ademis batted sixth at short. Sogar would bat seventh at second base. And Mike Zanino would be eighth playing the catcher spot, and then, of course, we were playing the National League, so Brendan McKay was batting ninth as the pitcher. And then we had a good list of pitchers throw last night. Unfortunately, six people would see the mound for the Tampa Bay Rays due to a sort of poor outing on Brendan McKay. A very strange outing on the part of McKay because... (coughs) Excuse me. As the announcers were discussing in the first inning as I was watching this game, Brendan McKay had only thrown three walks on the season. And mind you, he did not start this season up in the major league level. Uh, he was a he was one of their top draft picks, so he was he was in the minor leagues quite a bit, but he has thrown already seven games, and that's a total of 33 innings. So he did have a, you know quite a few games under his belt, 
And three walks, of course, isn't bad. He was probably averaging maybe a half a walk a game or something like that, throwing one walk every two games. So he goes into this game, and he matches his season total in the first inning of walks. He throws three walks in the first inning after he had only thrown three all season in the past six, well, past six games, like I said. But just crazy to, to think that, wow, you know, where did this come from? And he's a rookie. Um, it's nothing to worry about if if you're a Rays fan. Uh, it, he's going to go through these progressions. He's got development. You know, things will be all right. He's a good player. Great, great pitching motion. Uh, superb, really. I like him a lot. But he would end up throwing six walks in this one. He would add three more to his three inning, to his three in the first inning. Three more after that. He would throw six walks in four innings giving up five hits and four earned runs with seven strikeouts, bumping his ERA up to five, just over five, 5.08. And then we would have to throw, as I said, quite a few pitchers. Castillo would get the fifth inning. Anderson would get the sixth. Chaz Rowe would get the seventh. Alvarado would get two outs in the eighth before they throw Pagan for the last out in the eighth and the ninth inning to save it. Um... Yeah, uh, Kevin Cash, once again, the lineup he put out there, it, it, it didn't go the way you would want it to. You always want a lot of hits from the guys at the top because they are going to be getting the most at-bats, but that is not how it would happen today outside of Austin Meadows, who did have two hits at the three spot. But your number two hitter, Excuse me. No, Austin Meadows was the number two hitter. Your number three hitter, your number four hitter, both going 0 for 4 and 0 for 3. Combined 0 for 7 out of the 3 and 4 spot. That is never good. You definitely want more production out of that spot. But thankfully, the fifth and the sixth spot, G-Man Choi and Willie Ademis would go a combined 6 for 9 from the plate. They probably should have been batting in the second, third, or fourth spot. But, you know, it's baseball. Things change. Sogard. I'm surprised to see Sogard batting 7th in the lineup. Uh, he's batting 308 on the season. He's got a great hitting streak going. He's got a great on-base streak going. Maybe he just doesn't... Maybe Kevin Cash doesn't want to apply any more pressure to Sogard. Maybe just because he's hitting so good at the bottom of the order, he wants to keep him there. And I, I get it. That's definitely a strategy, but... You'd think if the guy's been on base for 25 consecutive games, you might think about putting him in the first or second spot in your lineup. Either that's what that's what the first and second spot in the lineup are for, to get on base so your number three, four, and five guys can hit them in. But I'm not the coach. So anyway, regardless, you can't you can't complain about the coaching. They've won five games in a row on the road. They swept Seattle, and now they have the potential to sweep San Diego tonight and go on a 6-0 West Coast road trip. Two sweeps on the West Coast. That would be unprecedented. To I mean, granted, they are bad teams, but unprecedented to go on the road like that and win the way they're winning. That is very good baseball out of our hometown team. Couldn't be any happier. Okay, let's switch gears. This is going to be just a quick 
little preview of the game tonight. It's going to be Orlando City Soccer Club, and they will be playing, I believe, at home against Sporting. Yeah, they'll be in Orlando playing Sporting Kansas City. Um, neither team comes in with great form into this game. Sporting Kansas City's lost its last three out of five. They've lost its last two out of three. And Orlando City, even worse. They've, they, they have the same... They've both lost their last two out of three, but Orlando City has lost its last three out of five, but the difference is one of those was a draw, so they only have one win out of their last five, one draw and three losses. Not great for Orlando City, definitely not at this time of the year. That, that tie to Toronto FC on Saturday night was kind of tough considering... They are one spot above us in the 8th spot. And we need to get to the 7th spot to make the playoffs. So, tough loss. Hopefully they can rebound. Um, top scorers for each team coming into this game. People you need to look out for if you're going to be watching this game tonight. Uh, Felipe Gutierrez. He's a midfielder for Sporting Kansas City. He leads them in goals with 10 goals. Uh, of course, our leaders are Tesho Akindele. He's got eight goals. Nani has eight goals as well, the Portuguese footballer. He is having a good season. He also leads the team with assists. He has eight assists, eight goals. He's having a great season for Orlando City. Uh, their head-to-head -head record, they, have only, they, they only play one time a year. Uh, they've played, they have not seen Sporting Kansas City in any other match besides an MLS regular season match. We have not played them in a uh, U.S. Open Cup or any other kind of game that would mean something. It's only been in the regular season. And we have played them the last four seasons. In 2018, we lost to them one to nothing. In 2017... We tied them 2-2. Two to two. In 2016, we lost to them 2-1. to one. And then in 2015, the first year, we beat them 3-1. to one. So with that said, they've, they've got us twice. We've gotten them once, and we drew the other time. It would be nice to even up this uh, historical series, meaning, you know, the entire series uh, dating back the last four years. It would be nice to get a win to even up the series at 2-2 two and two with one draw. Um, you got to like their chances tonight. Sporting Kansas City is not having a good season as well. We currently sit ninth in uh, the eastern side. And they are sitting in the 10th spot over there in the west. They have a total of 28 points. We have a total of 30 points. The two teams are pretty evenly matched. Uh, both have 23 assists on the season. They do tend to give up more goals. They've given up 43 goals on the season. We've only given up 34. But they do score a couple more. They've got 37. We've got 33. So we got a one-goal differential. Uh, we give up one more. Then we get, 
They have a minus six goal differential. They give up six more, obviously, than they get, 37 and 43. So I, I think tonight will be a good game. Definitely tune in. I think both teams, as I said, it should be a close game. There's really been no blowouts in the series prior um, with the two teams playing. Uh, I would definitely watch out. I don't know what the starting lineups are going to be yet. They have not came out with those. I'm hoping Nani's going to be in the lineup for Orlando City. I cannot imagine why not at this time of the year with things coming down the way they are. We lost in the semifinals to Atlanta in the U.S. Open Cup. So you have to think we're in a playoff chase now. This is the only thing we really have left as far as competitions go. We're going to have them on Wednesday, and then we only have nine more games, eight more games after we face them tonight left in the regular season. Um, so hopefully we can make a push to the playoffs but you just never know. You got to take it one game at a time. And hopefully we can get a win tonight at home against Sporting Kansas City. But definitely look out for that game tonight. Also look out for the Tampa Bay Rays game tonight. Actually, no, I think the Rays game isn't tonight. I believe the Rays game is at 4 o'clock today. Yes, 3.40 p.m. Eastern Time, 3.40 so it will not be a late game again, thankfully, for us East Coast fans. It will not be a 10-10 start time. It will be a 3.40 start time. So after you get out of work, go ahead and tune in to some Rays action. But that will do it for us today in this podcast. Thank you guys for tuning in once again. Look out for another podcast tomorrow. We will go over what happened tonight with Orlando City and our Tampa Bay Rays. Will they get this six-game winning streak tonight? Will they sweep both teams on the West Coast and go a perfect 6-0 and on this six-game, six-day road trip? Tune in tomorrow to find out. Thank you, everybody. Have a great rest of your day.